Kristen, this week we're going to talk about the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Incredible. The magic-themed movie with Steve Carell, Steve Buscemi, Jim Carrey. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Alan uh, Arkin. James Gandolfini. Oh, everyone's in it. So tell me, uh, everyone loves magic, especially as kids, and this is that's part of the theme of the film. Uh, tell me a little bit about your childhood magic memories. Did you have a favorite magic trick? Did you ever practice a magic trick? Oh, I, I did a little bit of card play. I, I don't want to brag here, but mm. I was pretty good at the cards. Oh, okay. And I was a huge fan of David Copperfield. He was really a big deal when I was a little kid growing up. David Copperfield had his own primetime special. Oh, sure. He made an airplane disappear. That's he right. He actually made it through the Great Wall of China somehow. Somehow he managed to just push himself right through that wall. He did all sorts of great things. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, I was a little bit of a magic nerd um, awesome. as a kid. I actually, and I had the foam balls, the cups, the... Um, did you have those rings? I had, I had the rings. Um, you know, I had, some, I had some loaded decks, some marked decks, um, but I was terrible at everything. I had no coordination, no sleight of oh, hand. Oh, I, I don't not, believe no, that I, for I, a I second. I could not perform a trick to save my life, which is why I, I, I resorted to... Um, Practical jokes uh, instead. Um, I actually, I bought, a, I, bought a, I bought a dribble glass when I was a kid that I thought was hilarious. And I was a kid. I filled it with grape juice and gave it to my mom. And um, and she was wearing her best white dress. And of course, the grape juice went all over her um, all over her dress. This was at a party, um, and it did not have the uh, effect of hilarity that I had that I had expected it would. The, uh, the audience did not react well. Oh uh, yeah. no. Bad, bad memory on that one. Bad memory on that one. I, I love practical jokes as a kid, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. My mom, not so much. Not so much. Uh, well, I know why we um, love magic so much as a kid, and it might be the same reason why we all love Burt Wonderstone so much. Oh, did I play my cards? Oh, well, let's, let's, let's hear a little bit more about that after we introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Day. Oh, 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 it's magic, you know. Never believe it's not so. It's magic. Okay. Uh, well, let's save Burt Wonderstone for last. I might have just been teasing you. I might not have thought it was magic. I wonder. I, I just, might have been telling the truth, I though. wonder. Well, I'll never give away your secrets, Kristen. That's oh. the, the first rule of magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's... You're such a magic nerd. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so we'll start out. We've got a lot of movies to cover, actually. We have four movies to cover. Let's start off with a smaller movie, limited release, um, the new movie from Sally Potter, Ginger and Rosa. It says here that a girl's most important possession is a bubbly personality. Do you think Simone de Beauvoir has a bubbly personality? Who? That French writer. She's an existentialist. It says here that boys don't like girls who are too serious. Oh, that ginger and that Rosa. So this is, uh, Kristen, do you want to give a summary of this one? Yeah, let me give a summary of it. Ginger and Rosa, they're two best friends growing up in 1960-ish in England. And Ginger is a sweet, smart poetess. She's anti-war. She's anti-bomb. And then you have Rosa, who's kind of wild, and she's sexually active, and she'll do anything for the attention of men. She's fatherless. And things kind of uh, reach an impasse when 
Ginger finds that Rosa's gone after a certain man that maybe isn't the best man for her to have gone after. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Mm. Nicely put. Nicely put. I'm trying not to ruin anything here. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. It's tough. Um, so um, this is, this is. I would say, if, if people know Sally Potter, she made Orlando, um, a movie called Rage. Uh, she's, a, she's known as a pretty out there experimental filmmaker, um, has a lot of uh, – likes to, likes to toy with gender and things. Um, but this is a very, very accessible movie. It's a ve- very straight ahead film um, for Sally Potter, uh, really just a, a straight drama about uh, – a coming of age drama. Um, with uh, Elle Fanning as yes. Ginger and uh, Alice Englert, uh, the daughter, which I did not know until recently, Jane Campion's of Jane daughter, Campion, yeah. another experimental filmmaker. Yeah, and she was um, also in Beautiful Creatures, which we just right. reviewed a couple of weeks right, ago. Right, which we trashed not too long ago. Oh. Um, sorry about that. Uh, so, Kristen, what do you think about uh, Beautiful – about, uh, excuse me, Ginger and Rosa? <laughs> well, I love the cast. You know I love Elle Fanning. I'm wild about Elle Fanning. I don't know what it is about her. There's something – that just seems very real whenever yeah. she's on screen. Yeah, she's I loved wonderful. her in Super Eight. I, even that awful hotel movie, Sofia Coppola. Uh, what was that movie called? Oh, it was uh, like a. Uh, uh, oh man, why can't I think of that one? The one about the movie star lounging around in the in yeah, the with yeah with his daughter. It was almost exactly the same movie Terrible. as Lost in Translation. Yeah. Only it's an American hotel this time. Right, <laughs> and 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 only not good at all. Um, yeah, right. I can't. I wish I could remember the name of that oh, film, good. but all right. But but I love Elle Fanning. I think Elle Fanning is great. I also like Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks plays her mom with a very interesting take on an English accent. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Oliver Platt, Annette Benning. I mean, there's there yeah, are a lot of people yeah, in this Timothy movie. Spall, who, uh, Alessandra Nivola, who I like a lot. Oh, um, I love him. Yeah, and he's very sexy. Is he very sexy? Is oh that? yeah, he yeah. really is. Yeah. So I I really really love the people in the movie, but I do have to say that the movie really seemed to lack something. I don't oh, know is if that it, right? to me it did. It, it 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 had the relationship down very well between the two girls, mm-hmm. wearing matching clothes with your friends, hitchhiking. I did all that stuff. But I feel that the story went from being just about best friends very awkwardly into this is disaster. Uh-huh. When it took the turn into this is disaster, it happened so quickly and so much suddenly happens and so much action when everything up to that point was mostly about atmosphere yes. and about dynamic. I, I had a hard time really enjoying the turn it took. I almost wish that turn came a lot sooner in the movie. Interesting. I um, I loved the movie. Um, you loved it? Wow. Absolutely loved it. I mean, um, I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, again, the, the cast sort of, you know, from, from top to bottom is just terrific. Um, I, I, I'll, I will say one thing I loved about the movie is – you know, I feel like there's a whole subgenre of films out there about um, uh, restrictive, conservative, traditional, smothering families who hold their children too close. And of course, what always winds up happening is the child uh, it backfires, and the child runs away and, and breaks the bonds. And um, this was almost the exact opposite. And it's a it's something I'd never quite seen before. It's what happens when you have a liberal, progressive, intellectual, bohemian, lefty, secular, humanist family that lets the kid just run totally free, and it backfires as well. Um, you know, you've got all these characters, the gay couple played by uh, Timothy Spall and um, Oliver, um, Platt. Oliver Platt, Mark, 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 and Mark II, because they're both named Mark. 
Um, you have the scholarly feminist played by Annette Bening. Right, whose yep. name is Bella, uh, <laughs> as in Abzug, perhaps. And um, yeah, well, and Alice, Alessandra Nivella plays um, uh, Ginger's father, who An is... An anti-establishment scholar who's very famous. Who's been imprisoned for his pacifist beliefs, um, you know, so and just on and on and on. And, you know, everyone drops these... You know these uh, catchphrases like you know autonomous thought and and belief and everyone's sort of talking about philosophy and and they're all marching and getting arrested and protesting and taking political stands and no one is watching out for freaking Ginger who's having a meltdown and no one is being a parent to her in the traditional way that kids need a parent and I thought it was really interesting to see that on screen um, and I just I loved the movie I just really loved it great wow. date for me wow great date you don't mind the way it took the turn. You don't mind any of that. No, you just, no. Oh wow! No, and I thought it was. Com- I thought it was completely believable. Um, you know, having having grown up in a family, um, it's a stretch to say that my family was like this. But you know, having grown up in in a in a kind of sixties post post sixties family with some hippie influences, um, I find I find the particular plot point that happens in this film pretty believable. Hmm. You know, I find the plot point believable too. I. It's not that I didn't find the turn believable. I just thought the pacing was very off for me. And so because of that, it just wasn't a good date for me. Really? And and I'm so sad to say it wasn't a good date because I wanted this to be a good date so badly. I was really looking forward to this movie. And I'm sorry, not a good date. Interesting. Okay. Split split decision on that. Um, All right. Well, uh, let's switch gears wildly and go into the new Holly Berry thriller, The Call. 911, where's your emergency? Okay, sweetheart, calm down. My parents are out there in a movie. I can't reach them. I, I understand that, sweetheart. What's your name? Leah, Leah Templeton. Oh, God. She's coming in the back. Okay, Leah, listen to me. Find a room and lock yourself in it right now. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, well. That's quite a call to be getting, <clears throat> isn't it? That you don't want that call. You no, don't, nobody don't want wants that call. call. I hate that call. So yeah. this is this is uh, Halle Berry, Oscar winner Halle Berry, playing Jordan, a veteran nine one one operator. She's uh, she's racked with guilt. She just recently um, made a little slip up on the job and sent one of her callers to that that big voicemail in the sky, <laughs> an, an, ac- an accident. She didn't mean to, but she's 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 suffering from that. And she gets another call from a young girl, Casey, who is stuffed in the trunk of a car. That's uh, Abigail Breslin plays Casey, and this time Jordan is determined to save the girl. Um, now, this looks so exciting, and I missed this movie. I'm so sorry I missed the screening. Kristen, I'm just going to tell you, I know that you see movies for a living, as do I, and it's it's rare that you go see movies for pleasure. Um, I have to say, you really might want to carve out a little time <gasps> for the really? call. And here's why. Oh, wow. The movie is just completely out of its mind. <laughs> it, is, it is one of the most whacked out, unhinged thrillers I've seen in a long time. Better it, than Taken? Oh, way better. Than, way better than Taken. Taken was not funny. The call is funny. Oh. So, I mean, uh, and I'll, I'll, without spoiling too much, it's a little bit psycho, a little bit Silence of the Lambs, a little bit Phone Booth, a little bit Tyler Perry. You've got a mostly, uh, for some strange reason, you've got a mostly black Hispanic minority cast, even though for some reason all the crime in the film is white on white. Mm, I, I can't really just quite, like America. Just, just like, like that's America. what I was saying. It's it's a it's a topsy turvy Los Angeles that, that they're living in in this film. Um, but it's just this mishmash of ideas and cliches. And but I have to say, 
it's just so totally unembarrassed by itself. It just barrels straight ahead with such energy that it's kind of entertaining. And also the serial killer in this film, played by a guy named Michael Eklund, I don't know much about him, um, is just hilarious. He is the world's worst serial killer. He, br- he brings no rope. He brings no tape. He forgets to pat down his teenage victim to see if she might have a smartphone. And uh, and just hilarity ensues. And uh, I just I found myself howling with laughter in this film, both at it and also with it. And ultimately, I kind of got a kick out of it. Oh, my God. How did I miss this one? This sounds like exactly the kind of movie I love. Surprisingly, not a bad date. I will say that. Wow. I really want to see this. I know. I That's know. It. I'm taking myself out on a date this weekend to see it. You should <laughs> see it again with me. Come on. Let's take, go together. Take yourself because, because <laughs> you're, you, may, you may be running a risk that somebody else will not find it quite as funny. So, but who knows? All right. I trust you. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Okay, good. All good. Right. Here, here's a movie that you may or may not want to see based on your proclivities. Spring Breakers. Who are you? My name's Aileen. My real name's Al, but truth be told... I ain't from this planet, y'all. Why are you here? I saw y'all in there. They like nice people. Thought maybe I'd bail you out. Why? Why not? All right. Spring Breakers. You've heard of this, right, Rafer? Yeah, but, I'm de- but I have to say uh, I'm very excited to see that. I am seeing it uh, later today, but I want you to tell me, Kristen, what's the deal? <laughs> With Spring Breakers. <laughs> so we know it's Harmony Corinne's newest movie, famous right. for kids. Uh, what was that? 15 years ago, kids came out, yes. which was very groundbreaking in many ways. And this movie also follows some kids, four teenage girls who all really want to go on spring break. Most of the girls, three out of the four of them, are played by Disney uh, yeah. company alum. We have Selena Gomez. We have Ashley Benson, who is actually on an ABC Family show. Nice. Uh, we have Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical right, fame. Vanessa Hudgens, who I love. Yes, and she's fantastic. And then we have um, the young, young, young wife of Harmony, Corinne, who I've never heard of before, who's also in the movie as oh. one of the four girls. And then we also have James Franco in the movie. So yes. uh, it's a very interesting cast. And much like kids, lots of misanthropic antics going on here. Yes. Uh, and, and so what happens is we have these four best friends who are willing to do anything to go on spring break just to get away from college, including hold up a business, which they do. Mm. They get down to Florida. They're having a grand old time. They're bumping lines. They're going nuts. And then before you know it, the cops come in and arrest them. And who bails them out? James Franco, who is playing kind of a strange low-end gangster type, kind white a, guy with of, cornrows. Yeah, kind of a girls gone wild sort of yeah, figure. Yeah, a, a little bit, but mm. much more criminal. Oh, okay. Much, much, much more criminal. Okay. And I would say this about the movie. First of all, if you like American Apparel ads, you're going to love <laughs> Spring Breakers because yes. most of the movie is like a live action version of an American Apparel ad, it's mostly girls kind of gyrating, naked. You're talking naked. about those, those, the kind of those kind of uh, the 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 faux seventies uh, basement porn, basement sort of. porn Polaroid that, that yeah. you always see on the back of some hipster music magazine. Yeah, with absolutely. American Apparel. Yes. Like, okay. Like, hello, I'm selling tights, but you know what? I'm not even wearing tights. <laughs> <laughs> but look at this wood paneling. 
and the cotton paneling of my undies. Uh, yes, exactly. There's lots of pants pulled up way too far with close-ups on parts of females. Gotcha. There's a lot of stuff like that going on in this movie, just like an American Apparel ad. So, so you know, exploitative or or exploitative or an honest look at teenage youth. That's uh, my question. I would say exploitative, hmm. and I would say I don't quite understand why these girls want so badly to go on to spring break. Um, when spring break apparently is only girl on girl sex action, <laughs> because apparently that's all spring break is based on everything the camera zooms in on and shows. I think we see like three guys in the whole movie. I'm like, these girls are desperate to go down there partly to get cock is what they say in the beginning. Oh, And then you get down there and it's like, nope, it's just – and these girls just are – Just you and me. Just you and me and the girls. Yeah, I, I have nothing good to say about this movie actually wow. except – that James Franco is always a delight. Yes. The minute he's on screen, everybody smiles a little bit just because it's James Franco. Spring but... break forever. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. I'm excited for spring break. I I'm know. That. You I'm love American that. Apparel. You love it. Moments from now, I'll be, I'll be in a theater with my notebook out watching that one. All right. Very exciting. Okay. Um, bad so... date. Bad date. <laughs> bad date, says Kristen. Um, all right. So let's let's bring up the mood and, uh, and play a little uh, – Reader mail, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, if that's right, reader voicemail. I guess we should call that uh, listener voicemail. Um, I feel like we've had we've gotten so many lumps from people recently that it'd be nice to hear from someone who actually had something good to say. Oh, Elise has something very sweet to say. Hi, this is Elise from Seattle. My partner Rachel got me hooked on a takeaway movie date this summer. And first of all, I'd like to thank you for playing "Unhappy Birthday" by Morrissey on the last podcast. And second of all, we're desperate for a new podcast. Please put one out soon. We miss you. Bye. Oh, well, thanks. Thank you so much. We love you and we love your partner and we love Seattle and we love that you love Morrissey. Yes. I just have to apologize. It's my fault. The podcast went up late this last week. I was out of the office last Friday, and so I had to wait until Monday to put up the podcast when I was back in the office. But we appreciate your patience. You're not the only one who called or wrote in asking what the heck was going on with the podcast. But Like Morrissey, Kristen did that uh, to protest Duck Dynasty. She was <laughs> – she she boycott she held up the podcast to boycott the killing of beings. Oh, Rafer, you with all those <laughs> wacky facts. Oh, I'm just like Morrissey. I'm yes. just like Morrissey. <laughs> all right, so we've saved the best question mark for last. Mm. The incredible Bert Wonderstone. Bert, I'm not looking for a partner. I've been a solo act for a million years, and it's going pretty good. David, how long have we been friends? We're not friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if we teamed up, it could bring your career to the next level. Well, I have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Imagine this. The Incredible Bert and David. No. First of all, I have to say David Copperfield's in that clip, and that's I, awesome. <laughs> I know. And he's also a consultant on the film, of course. What? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. my God. Well, why else do you think he's got that freaking cameo? I mean, he probably would have Because he's anyway. awesome. Right. Hello. The Great Wall of China. Remember. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi playing uh, lifelong friends and magic nerds, uh, more successful than I was, who have grown up to become the uh, headlining act in Las Vegas. Um, they're, the, they're the big guys like David Copperfield. They're a big prop act. You know, everything's giant boxes and, you know, huge, huge, huge stage sets, big props. Um, 
but a, a, a street music, a street magician, one of these sort of David Blaine, Chris Angel types uh, is starting to muscle in on their territory and that's Jim Carrey as Steve Gray who does sort of weird, grotesque things like pulling cards out of an open wound and you know lying on hot coals and their ticket sales start to dwindle. Uh, Bert and Anton have a falling out. Uh, Bert is reduced to penury. Uh, he's uh, practicing his magic in an old folks home. And the question is, can he and Anton come back together and reclaim their spot at the top at Bally's? Uh, and that's the basic premise of the film. And um, I'll just ask you, Kristen, what do you think? Comedy magic? Is this comedy magic here in Burt Wonderstone? Uh, oh, it's all magic all the time. Just hearing you describe the movie, nobody can hear this over the airwaves, but I just light up hearing you talk about the movie <laughs> because it's so magical. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, I just I thought this movie was so silly and so fun. And when it's at its best, in my opinion, much like the political movies we see, like the campaign, where they're imitating what's happening in a campaign, in mm -hmm. that movie, which I love so much, I felt the same way in this movie, when they're imitating a live Vegas, over-the-top, big-budget pyrotechnic yeah. show. That's really when it's at its best. It's just so enjoyably ridiculous. It's so Siegfried and Roy times yes. a thousand. It's just, I, I loved it. And I thought that the... I love the cast. I, oh, and it's I a great cast. The cast is fantastic. I thought that Steve Buscemi was always a delight as kind of the second fiddle yeah. to Burt Wonderstone. Burt as a very egotistical guy who thinks he can have sex with anybody. Even I've got the biggest bed in Vegas. <laughs> that's, I was, that's, 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 a, that's a good line. And I, I just thought it was hilarious and over the top and it was stupid. You don't go into this movie because you're looking for an intelligent analysis of how magic works. And you know, I, I just thought it was stupid and fun and it wasn't trying to be anything more than stupid fun and I loved it. I'll be darned. I really did not like this movie very much at all. Did it not bring the magic out in it, your heart? You know, and I was and I expected quite a bit because it really is kind of a delicious premise, right? And um you know, especially to, and like you're saying to see to see Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi as this as this kind of Siegfried and Roy with a little bit of Liberace thrown in um <laughs> sounds really great and I will say Probably the best joke in the movie is Steve Buscemi's hair, which just looks fantastic. It's beautiful. It's like it's like it's. I don't even I don't even know how to describe that hair, but it's just a platinum blonde horror, and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, that that is funny. That that is almost worth the price of admission. But somehow, the story in this film is so sloppy and confused, and the characters seem kind of sloppy and confused to me. That I I just couldn't I couldn't get in it and the joke. Hold on, seem... isn't that what you just said about the call and you loved the call? Well, the call, <laughs> <laughs> but the call was made by crazy people, and that's what I like about the call. This one, this one is just made by you know comedy veteran types. Don Scardino is is uh, one of the is the director. He's uh, he's a, a Thirty Rock veteran. Um, so I kind of had high hopes for this movie. Um, you know, I like magic. I like the cast. James Gandolfini is very funny. Jim Carrey can be very funny. Um, it just it just didn't work for me, Jim, and especially the Jim Carrey villain, um, this Steve Gray character. I, I could never tell if he was supposed to be. Everyone keeps saying he's a, a cynical charlatan with no conscience, and you, you're supposed to think he's some kind of cheat, but he's also just like a self sabotaging doofus and half the time I kind of thought, but he's not even a threat. He's just kind of an idiot. So like, what's the Where's the tension in this movie? But he is a threat. What are you talking about? There are TV cameras following him around. He's the next big reality star. He's got that awesome show called 
brain rapist. <laughs> a good joke. I, definitely a good joke. And I'm not saying there aren't some because very good jokes in this David film. Doesn't David Blaine have a show called... Oh, Chris Angel. Um, Chris Angel. Mind... Yes, that's right. What I is it called? Mind... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to say that you on air? So not, even, not even on a podcast. Sorry. You can't say that. What's it called? Um, I, you're right. Mine, I don't know. But, Something. But, but brain, brain rapist is definitely one of the better jokes in this film. It's There are some laughs. I just wish that the I, – I just if that if the story and the jokes had been sharper, I feel like this could have been a really great movie. And it, it just disappointed me and I thought it was kind of like – it was a pretty meh date for me. Oh, I thought it was a hilarious date. All I thought right. it was great. I, I just was happy to get into that largest bed in Vegas right there with them, <laughs> feel the magic. Right. Watch them pull those rabbits out of those hats and love those rabbits. The bed is big. I, did, I, did, I also like the bed. I'm now, I'm now, now I'm remembering all the good parts. But uh, yeah, well, anyway. So, all right. Well, let's let's close this out with some trivia. And um, I will give uh, the answer to last week's trivia, which was in honor of uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, um, which I think we both – Liked pretty well. Yeah, um, we did. And, we both and, said it was a good date. And it did gang bash, gang busters at the uh, box office. We we were talking about these these strange coincidence uh, where if you sync up Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon with your VHS or DVD copy of The Wizard of Oz, track for track, you can you can match the you can match the music to what's going on on screen. And we asked, uh, what was happening while this song is playing? And the name of that song, of course is the great gig in the sky. <laughs> and the answer is it's playing during the twister, during the opening perfect. twister that takes Dorothy to Oz. So, oh, that's perfect. That's just perfect there. Now that we know that fact, I don't have to get stoned and see it. <laughs> well, I'm so happy well, about that because I don't want to. <laughs> thank I, goodness. I don't want to get stoned and see that. I have better things to do. I, and you know what? Here, here's one of the better things I have to do. Listen to the following song, which has the theme of magic in it, much like Burt Wonderstone. Yes. And this song, this beautiful song about magic, appears in a movie starring Gene Kelly. Tell us what movie that is. Call us at 5717movies or log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast. Movie date podcast.